In this episode, we speak to Alison Rice. She's, of course, known as the host of Offline. She has a previous career in digital media, and she also works as a leadership, business, and career mentor and coach. This was kind of a full circle moment for me, this interview. I honestly found it to be probably one of the episodes that I opened up the most. And I think Alison just has that effect. I feel like I spent most of my weeks and months in lockdown listening to Alison's podcast and meeting her over Zoom was honestly uh, one of those kind of surreal moments. I talk about in this episode how I was doing my podcast as a radio show in Melbourne when I actually found Alison and I definitely believe in the work that she does. She's working to inspire thousands of women uh, to find more meaningful and purposeful career paths and to also nurture their identities outside of work, which is so important. I know you're all going to love this episode as much as I did, and it really is very meaningful to me. I'd like to start the episode by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which I'm recording, the Yugambeh people, and paying respects to elders past, present, and emerging. So today we're joined by Alison. It's such an honor to have you on the podcast today. I'm such a big fan, and you're obviously a highly regarded uh, career, business and leadership mentor, as well as a business founder and podcast host. I followed your journey for a really long time and I found your career transition over the past sort of three to five years really aspirational. So thank you for joining us. How are you? What a pleasure. Thank you for having me. You know, I've been really kind of stretching myself to accept more of these. I've been in a a kind of closed, I don't know, chapter of creativity for many years now. And I feel like I'm having a bit of a, I'm re-emerging. So when you emailed, I was like, yeah, I'd love to have a, I love I'd love to have a chat. Oh, I'm glad I could be a part of that. And I have noticed that in your social presence, which we'll obviously dive into, but I feel like you have been a bit more present, like showing your face, speaking more, and you've been talking about that. So, yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting is I suppose we know that nothing can prepare us for the season of motherhood. And I went into that wanting, you know, complete presence and really wanting to protect that time. And that did, of course, require me to get off Step back, social yeah. media a little bit. And now she's just over two and she's an independent <laughs> woman, you know. And so I've just got more, um, more space, more time. Yeah. And social media is feeling fun. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. And I think like not enough people kind of talk about that as well. Something I've kind of learned in the last year as well is like, it's your values. So I've always tried to prioritize everything at once, but you know, I've experienced burnout and things like that in the past. And you realize that you kind of have to pick a lane. So maybe that's family at one point, maybe that's career at one point something's kind of got to give. Mm -hmm. This is actually basically the main thread that runs throughout my kind of mentoring methodology is our life exists in seasons and that's the same for our professional expressions as well. Mm. And where the, the professional piece is in the acceptance of the season and that's I think the same in life. You know, sure. we had to try really hard for our little girl and 
we lost babies and it was a years long journey. And so to finally have her, I was like, you know, this is my primary, my role right now. And what I hope to gift her and offer her is my, my presence and the highest quality of me. And that requires me to, you know, pull back from, from other areas. But I think where we can create a bit of um, suffering for ourselves is the resistance to the season to giving into that yeah exactly but if we just kind of um and it's I say it with full knowledge of the privilege that comes with choice and not everybody has that Mm. I'm sure we'll get into it but I worked really hard to make sure I could choose her in that season so um, that's so beautiful and not something I've openly spoken about but um I'm you know entering that season probably in the next couple of years as well so it's something I certainly think about and all of my choices are kind of in that space at the moment as well so definitely resonates and I'm sure it resonates with a lot of our listeners who are around that age bracket as well so Alison for those that may not know your story um tell us what you currently do and you know about your career and business mentoring space and yeah maybe touch as well on your background that you've had in your career Well, my um, kind of my primary occupation up until the past five years ago was as a publisher and a journalist and a writer, a content creator, particularly in women's lifestyle media. And traditionally trained journalists started at the Walkley Foundation for Excellence in Journalism. So very, um, yeah, traditional upbringing in, in journalism. Had thought I was going to go into kind of news reporting and papers but I worked on a really interesting project when I was at the Walkleys called The Future of um, Journalism and it was all about journalism moving into the digital age and I felt so lit up by that, that that mm. literally changed the course and the direction of my entire career because that led me into digital media in 2012, which, I mean, gosh, it was just like starting, yeah. over a decade ago, but we're talking like early blog. Yeah blog days you know I had a blog in that time (laughs) a a blog spot yeah for sure um, tumblr and twitter had just launched and it was really a time where the journalism community at large was very unaccepting of the prospect of you know media going digital but I was really excited about that so that led me into yeah digital media in women so I bypassed newspapers and magazines altogether ended up really early in digital and worked my way up relatively quickly in a new media um, organization called Alua Media at the time. Yeah. And I was there for a while, I think about seven or eight years. And I started beautifully. I love these stories, hearing them from other people. I started as the weekend editor doing that seven (laughs) till four gig. And it was all predominantly actually at that time, street style paparazzi shots of celebrities. Oh my God. And I ended up leaving so different. that. So different to now. Um, so I started there and I ended up leaving that business as the group publisher of um, what was at the time, I think four or five global women's titles. So I launched Who, What, Where and Birdie and Domain into this market, which was beautiful, helped scale Pop Sugar, which is now a, a beautiful beast. Yeah. Um, and led by someone very close to me who I mentored in in my old job so that's really fulfilling and then um you know in that job I was responsible for hundreds of 
pieces of content a day and I really started to sort of, I suppose, reflect on what impact that was having, of course, on me, yeah. but, um, but more broadly, the women that we were kind of claiming we were wanting to help and serve when mm. actually were we um, creating a lot yeah. of content about how to be better and get better and buy more and that we need more and hacks. And mm. it was in that era of really kind of clickbait, clickable content, um, the sort of headlines that today I, my blood yeah. <laughs> drains from my body when I leave, the, when I read them. So, um, so that's kind of what led me to deciding to leave what was actually my dream job. I'm really going to be honest. Like I, yeah, of course it was I loved it. anyone yeah. in journalism. Like I was, I worked in journalism too. That would have been absolutely the direction I wanted to go. Exactly. But yeah. Um, but couldn't, yeah. What it came to was it's not like sustainable. Just, it was that it felt um, out of integrity in the end. It felt yeah. really misaligned I get that. to I get that. Yeah, what I believed I was actually here to do. And that led me to the podcast, which was like one of those weird bridge projects as you're transitioning from. I left the job with no other job. Yeah. And I was like, I'll just do this. This podcasting thing seems to be really interesting. <laughs> I was really early. And then you it were. just, yeah, it took off. I listened uh, pretty early on and I actually, funnily enough, was doing this podcast as a radio show in Melbourne. Oh, wow. And I remember, I know, like 20, oh, well, I was doing mine 2018, I think. When did you launch? 2018. Yeah. So it was really weird because I was like, oh, maybe this is a thing, like this whole like <laughs> career interview style podcasts. Um and I love, I absolutely loved your podcast. I still do. Um, oh, thank you. And yeah, it, I think it did just fill a space that needed to be filled because I think during that time in 2020, a lot of us were kind of waking up to the fact, you know, that we were, I was working in corporate um, and PR and feeling similar, like what, what value am I bringing? What is the meaning behind what I'm doing? What am I putting out there? And Hearing the stories that you were telling, I think, helped so many women and still, you know, still do. Um, mm, I joke about this, but it's really serious, is I mentor a lot of people out of their jobs. And yeah. <laughs> and for a while there, I was like, yeah, go ask. And I was like, oh, wow, this is big. Like, this it's really huge. is. And we and I think we, we identify now, it, it really is a movement, it's particularly... Um, and not to gender it too much, but for women, really yeah. kind of reclaiming um, the why behind their work and really going after that sense of peace and fulfillment and purpose. But, you know, there was definitely a moment of realization where I was like, oh, I'm the transition gal. Like, I'm who you come <laughs> Your to. Your HR's like. worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> So we're all leaving. Um, <laughs> but no, and, and I joke, but I say that I also do help a lot of people stay and find, yeah. reconnect with that meaning within corporate organisations that they might work in or totally. um, the businesses that they, they build for themselves. So, Yeah. Oh, it's just, if you don't have that purpose and that like passion behind what you do though, especially in roles like the roles we've worked in in the past, like it is very hard um, to kind of 
get up every day and hustle Mm. if you don't feel connected to what you're doing you don't feel like you're actually contributing to the greater good so I think even if it's just reconnecting with something that aligns a bit more strongly it can help well this is where I think my work starts to get quite nuanced and what it can only be experienced, right? It's not something, it's not very easy to market, to be honest, on social media. <laughs> it's hard um, to explain. Is I think the the kind of, if there was a, a core why behind what I do, it's actually helping, and again, mostly women, but not, not just women, it's helping women um, create separation between what they are and who they are and what they do for a living. And it's also educating as much as I can that our work might not always be our core purpose in life. So for me in this chapter, my kind of core purpose has been being a present mother. But ultimately, um, we want to be able to show up inside businesses or our our own businesses each day and feel a sense of contribution and um, maybe even the early kind of uh, a glimmer of fulfillment. (laughs) Um, But I think if we try and make our work our purpose Uh, yeah that's that's when we start to find um that suffering again you know because it's not there it's never going to be there I've been there yeah and you're just in this like we like spinning wheel of there's no end to it if that's your whole identity which was my story scary when that ends yeah that was my yeah. yeah yeah it's such an interesting concept and like yeah I'd love to I'd probably love to do a whole episode on that like identity and career um and you know I feel like men some of them do but I I feel like they often have a lot of hobbies and a lot of things whereas women just kind of tie like not always obviously but a lot of my friends as well like you kind of tie up your identity and who you are and what you love in that career well I think that what we're it's a direct reaction to the social conditioning and the programming and you know, I would spend a whole episode talking about the economic system that we work, that we mm. exist in and what we subscribe sure. to when we choose it. And again, many of us have to, including me, yeah. to kind of um, have a currency within it. Survive it, I think, is probably yeah, a good yeah. way to talk about it as well. Um, but, you know, what I can say on it is, you know, the biggest lesson and learning for me, and this is kind of where my work starts to get very spiritual, is... Yeah. We are actually the fulfillment that we seek and our Ooh, work. I love that. Yeah, our work is a productive outlet for us. Mm. So we export us, we export that fulfillment into places and spaces that need our gifts and need our skills and need our individual energy. And that's when it starts to feel purposeful, but it isn't actually our purpose because we understand that we are much more than what we do for a living and actually working, you know, 10, 12, 15 hour days and at night is not the purpose of life. Um, But, and I share this from a place of, I was wholly identified with my career as my identity. And so it's been a lot of shedding, a lot of lived experience to get to a place where I can sit here and say that if all of this went away tomorrow, I would still feel that sense of, Fulfillment and purpose, yeah. It's beautiful, yeah. And, like, there is a place for that. Like, and and what you say about it being an outlet, I find really interesting as well because, like, 
that's something I've realized is I have to have a creative outlet. So even if, you know, at the moment I'm doing more marketing roles, but on the side, I have this creative outlet that brings me so much joy. So I think it's also realizing what you need to light you up mm-hmm. that you aren't getting from career or you aren't getting from friendships. Like is, is that journey of finding that, what that thing is for you? Yes. And then back to the, you know, capitalism and the yeah. economic <laughs> system we work in is really, um, I think for, for many of us beautifully ambitious women is not always having to fucking monetize it. Yes. <laughs> so this is the other thing is oftentimes when we feel that creative, um, that pulse within us is very activated when we're doing that thing, that hobby, mm. or for you it might be your podcast. Yeah. We have that beautiful strategic mind that says, ooh, you know, this, this, this could, could be, be a yeah. really strong commercial proposition. Um, and what I teach is creative restraint and a little wow. bit of restraint from the ambition as well and just allowing some of the projects and things that we spend time in our in our lives just to be joy and blissful and that they not have to to make us money and I think many of us are coming down off that kind of side hustle era where that was also a kind of defining sort of metric of success is whether we had a side hustle or not. Yeah. Um, this is what was interesting when you email me, you're like, my <laughs> podcast is called, how do you hustle? Do you want to come on? I'm like, is it okay if I don't hustle? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think, yeah, that's been a journey I've been, and it's something I talk about on here. Cause obviously it started and it was, it was basically about women or people who have their own, project or side hustle that brings them a lot of joy and sharing that with the world. Um, So I never intended the hustle word to really mean that much, Mm. but yeah, it's something I've had to really um, think about is do I change that? But I think it does kind of encompass like a lot of the things we talk about because really it's just about career and people forging their own paths. And um, yeah, that, that's a, another thing I'm kind of working through. But um, yeah, I was at a transition when I started. Well, it. you know where I am if you want to have a <laughs> Yes. Um, but no, I definitely, I'm probably similar to you. I've been in that, you know, working three jobs, having side hustles, um, constantly striving for more, more, more. And I have felt the negative impacts of that. I've also felt what it's like to get the thing that you wanted and wrap your whole identity in that and then lose that. Um, mm. So I think that's the place I'm coming from is it's like find something that you enjoy and that lights you up. And, you know, if you can monetize that, that's great. But again, it, it doesn't have to be your whole identity. No, no, no I definitely so monetization. Agree with that is not a measure of success. I feel like you're talking to me right now. (laughs) This is something I'm like kind of in the process of. (laughs) It's big. It's really big. And I have it in my own business, by the way. So I'm not exempt from having to really kind of question the, um, the intention behind my action and constantly pulling myself back from that conditioning in that programming that tells me that in order to be quote unquote successful yes it needs to look a certain way I need to earn a certain amount of money um, totally so I'm right in it 
with everyone. And I think that's what's beautiful about the mentoring work is it's coming from a place of really lived experience. Yes. And actually did attend one of your, it wasn't a workshop, it was like a online event during COVID. Mm. And I think you like were talking a lot about this. And um, I remember at the time it really resonated with me. In fact, I think it actually inspired me to go down a path of working with charities and doing, taking a lower paying role that felt, I felt like I had more impact in. Mm. So I definitely do know a little bit about the, the messages you preach. But yeah, what ultimately like made you decide to take that leap from like a safe kind of corporate role into something you know, that was a bit more mindful and creative, but also obviously a bit of a risk. Mm, yeah, it was a really big risk. And <laughs> this is something I coach a lot of people through is having to move beyond the perceptions of your decision because I had a lot of people around me, particularly women, sort of my peers in media saying, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? And so this is it's really difficult. Thing. Yeah. In the mm. moment when you're like, shit, like, Everyone seems to be quite worried, but I'm not like, and this is the thing I always teach is you are the expert on you and we don't allow other to define our experience of ourselves. And so this is what I really had to draw down on in that time when it was Mm. a perceived risk. And, you know, at that time, it doesn't seem that long ago, but in 2018, people were still asking me what a podcast was. So for me to be leaving this very glossy job that had a lot of access a lot of influence a lot of status trips free shit (laughs) like you know I was out to dinner every night like obviously the salary was very compelling all of these things you know to leave to do this podcast and everyone's like but what even is a podcast what are you doing (laughs) um that was kind of that primary lesson I had to kind of really ground into in that time is I at the the deepest level of me at my core know that this is right for me and so I cannot let other people's fear states and and conditioned responses you know drive my decision making really where it came from was and it was integrity I felt I began to feel over time physically uncomfortable going to work Mm. I couldn't be the person that I was in the room that I used to be in the room I couldn't be that you know um I really played played that character for a while of that girl boss and that lady boss. Masculine energy. Yeah. Yeah. I just to show up and like um, strategize ideas for really big commercial briefs. I just was like, I can't put my creativity and my ideas and my gifts. I just can't do this anymore. And so really it was less of a strategic move and more of like, I just don't feel expressed in this anymore and it doesn't feel true. And that doesn't make sense, but nothing that is meant for us generally makes sense, by the way. So that's the other thing I've learned is when it feels like you're moving into the unknown, that's generally the right direction to be going in. When you feel like you're moving in the direction of a very kind of well kind of hashed out and fleshed out plan, that's coming from that kind of more egoic thinking mind. Yeah. so it was really a response. I was feeling that kind of call wow. from nature to evolve and I just, I leapt and then I landed with the commitment to just listen when I got there. 
and I'm still doing that by the way like I don't really have deep plans I just yeah yeah feel it out go where I'm needed yeah yeah I think I've always been a big believer in that as well like those pulls that you feel and like real gut feelings yeah um I'm pretty spiritual as well but I I feel like anyone well we all kind of feels those yeah we all are we all we're all spirit we're all from the same body of consciousness so it's I think and this has been huge for me but like to hear you even say that like I'm spiritual too there (laughs) is a point in your life where you may develop a relationship with with spirituality or I have been you may not and that's okay as well but at our at our essence we are we are it we are spirit I know I feel like a lot of us are able to ignore those kind of intuitive pulls and feeling gut feelings and it it's um well it's not easy to dull down those thoughts and feelings but I feel like a lot of people do because you know you have a mortgage you have a family you have little mouths to feed you have you know all these things like you're on a trajectory you studied this degree and you've got to keep going like but yeah I think it takes a lot of courage and a lot of uh bravery to take the other path um I totally agree I really admire that oh I appreciate it and I just want to share like really honestly that it hasn't been easy and it continues not not Mm. to be the easy path to walk down like I am not exempt from being presented roles and opportunities that I'm like oh that's a lot of money (laughs) or (laughs) or you know that would get me back into particular rooms that used to sort of fill up some part of me but knowing actually that I'm not useful there and that I wasn't happy there and I didn't have presence there. And so it's about kind of protecting that for myself and to speak into the kind of, I suppose, the privilege piece because, you know, I can sit here and say it and you're right. People are like, well, I have a mortgage and I have kids mm. and I'm not in that position where I can just leave. And what I'd like to kind of share there is I've been very deliberate in my decision making and I have sacrificed a lot. I've stepped out of a lot of the kind of traditional measures of success in order to be able to be in my work in this way. And so that means like I don't own a house, Mm. you know, I've had to draw down on my personal savings to fund the business at times as early as uh, recently as December and I'm five years into business um, and I know like the plans that I have for myself and my family, long-term wealth, kind of generating that consciously, that's all in play, but it does require me to be steady in the now of like, just because I don't have all of these assets and, mm. you know, necess- like this fat bank account full of money, <laughs> you know, that doesn't mean that what I'm doing is wrong or that I'm failing in any way because Absolutely I know not. how I feel every day in my body. Um, there's a lot of conditioning around Mm. that isn't there because that's something I definitely go through as well Um, last year I stepped back and freelanced Uh, it was something I really wanted to do and I worked on the podcast and I remember having that exact thought like I was in a pretty stable job Um, I also like went back to studying like and I was in my Saturn return, by the way. Yeah. Oh, so you're just like, you're going through <laughs> I moved states, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I had to really um, go through all that and be like, 
I don't think that the house and the, all the things that I could have got if I kept, you know, on that path, like that didn't light me up as much as what I actually did. It was probably the best, one of the best growing years of my life. Mm. And, um, you know, being able to work with brands that I really aligned with and, you know, learn new things. And like, I would go on my beach walks every day and like go work from a cafe. And, you know, I do do still do that sometimes, but now I'm sort of back in like working in-house for a organization but I tried to take some of those learnings I was in yoga this week and something resonated with me there is um the teacher said you know you look at the people with the house the car all the glitzy things the big pay packet but they're not happy Mm. sometimes the people with just simple life a beautiful family doing something that gives them some fulfillment like sometimes those are the happiest people so Mm -hmm. I think we get a bit lost um, in that extravagance generally leads to discomfort wow yeah and just like this is huge for me as well is constantly it's the it's the um the restraint again it's constantly going no like I could have that Mm. simplify and by the way like we are all deserving of a home of our own and a beautiful (laughs) car to drive around safely in and investment properties if that's relevant for us and I guess that's the main thing it's the relevancy is the thing I've really bedded down into is there will be particular seasons of your life where it's relevant for you to be in a role that pays you a decent amount of money so that you can get these things that might be important to you at that time but creating an existence that sustains those things when they no longer feel true, that's that where we have to really dig into, okay, whose version of success is this? And for a while it was mine and it did feel true, but the moment it didn't feel true, that's where the, I think the very intentional action is required. And like you said, that, that courage and that bravery, but really what the courage and the bravery is, is a relationship with self and spirit. Because when we have that, we are courageous um but it's it's, it's hard I'm telling you like the, the conditioning the um the system you know capitalism um functions and succeeds on our productivity it relies on us being productive and overextended mm. and so when we continue to show up to that and feed that beast it's, it's very hard for anyone to get out of it because we're all still doing it. It's so true. it's like we're still yeah. saying this is it. And, um, and that's a big kind of call to action in my work is I help people define what I call true self-success, which is your individual version of success. And then I give you the tools and techniques and information to be able to actually realize it for yourself. But, you know, for one person it might look like you know, being the conscious person in a corporate organization and earning yeah. a couple of hundred grand a year, that's relevant for them. But for someone else, it might be going, you know, to buy the farm and go off grid. And it's just everyone's, obviously their path is different. So it's not about leaving the job. It's not about having to have yeah. no possessions. It's, that's not what this is. It's just modifying and tweaking. It's choosing. And working out what mm. that looks like for you personally. Yeah. Um, so what do you love most about what you do now and the work you do? 
I haven't really given this answer before, but it's been really <laughs> true for me. So I'm just going to say it. Um, what yeah. I So this changes all the time, but what I'm currently loving most about what I do is it is allowing me to have a direct experience of the wisdom I teach. Oh. Yeah. So it hasn't felt that personal before in terms of it hasn't ever felt like it's about me in any way and in many ways it's not. But right now... I'm going through a period of actually practicing very deeply what I preach. And this is feeling very rich and fulfilling for me to be able to actually be it. Mm. Not just talk about it and kind of be it, but actually truly be it. And yeah, it's been very, um, very growing, but very fulfilling. And I guess secondary to that, which is always there, is just... um, Helping people Mm. helps me and like serving people serves me. And you'll know this as well, having worked for kind of values-driven organizations. When you start to become useful and give Mm -hmm. your gifts and your skills to a larger cause, you realize that that is actually where the professional piece is. It isn't very self-serving actually. Um, So yeah, so that would be just an underlying always on is it always feels good to wake up and help people or to play a small role in someone's day in having a little realization, a little kind of micro moment of growth. Or, and that's in my professional membership. We have a private WhatsApp community yeah. and it's um, the chat is turned off. So it's basically just a broadcast from me and I'm wow. online there about three days a week and I just am able to send in, you know, just really feel into like kind of what's the quality of now and what might we need to hear. So obviously every day and every week is different for you at the moment. And, you know, obviously with motherhood, that that's the nature of it. You're juggling multiple priorities at once. But I'm sure a lot of people wonder, like, you know, being a conscious sort of, I guess, service-based role, how does that actually look when you're working for yourself and you have sort of stepped out of that um, corporate world the kind of driving I suppose if there's like an intrinsic motivator underneath all of it in a day in a week in a month as I plan a quarter or a year it is feeling into the need of the time and understanding my role within that Mm. kind of broader need and then directing my service kind of into that until I no longer feel like that is relevant or maybe I've fulfilled that need and it's time for me to then start really listening to hear that kind of those cues from nature of where to next. And so, mm-hmm. as you can see, it gets quite complex as somebody who mentors founders and business owners mm. to start to strategize from a really felt um, place versus that kind of strategic mind that we can then, you know, I always talk about this, like many of us are not short of ideas on how to make money or monetize things or start things. Yeah. Part of what I help people do is to, especially as it relates to founders, is to build a business they actually want to work in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and this why is me. that is. Yeah. Exactly. Practicing what I preach is to make sure that the shape of my days and my weeks um, are reflective of my priorities in my life. So obviously that means first and foremost presence for my my little girl and my husband mm. and my family and my friends and then my community and then it's kind of interesting because then all those things like social media and stuff come way down the line yeah which which is is about yeah that presence thing of I just don't have the current capacity to be there and play that game and that's felt kind of very freeing as well where I'm like 
I'm choosing no to the algorithm. <laughs> um, but I am, I will say I am really enjoying TikTok. Yeah, um, it's fun, isn't it? It's just really educational. I mean, it depends obviously on mm. your on your algorithms. You could train it Follow well. list, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I always um, – I'm a big advocate for that is we are in control to some extent of what we see. So just be really mindful of yeah. what you're staying on and – what you're kind of love hearting and what you're commenting on because mm-hmm. it's all driving the next thing that you're served. Yeah. Um, but I'm finding like my um, my specific brand of TikTok al- algorithm right now is quite nourishing. It's really educational yeah. and learning a lot. So anyway, but that's a space that I'm interested in spending a little bit more time on versus, um, you know, say the old Instagram. <laughs> Something I have been loving this past year and recommending to all of my startup and freelance friends is digital accounting service, Henry. Henry automatically calculates and pays your taxes as you earn. So you're always up to date with your tax. With Henry, you no longer have to worry about owing taxes. The money you get in your account is yours to keep. Go to www.hnry.com.au to get Henry. Sign up using the promo code HDYH to get $25 in Henry credit. I think that's that's something I have um, also been kind of going through at the moment. I've like been off my own personal channels, been on my, I guess, podcast page more and um, I've really tailored who I'm following on TikTok and I only stick to the follow list, which I think is a great tip. Mm. So I can like really be very intentional about what I'm seeing because I did find at some points I was seeing some pretty rogue stuff. Yeah, you know, you like scroll. <laughs> no. <laughs> or when it says trigger of warning, night. keep going. <laughs> yeah, no. Don't want to be triggered. Um, yeah, so I think that's something important as well. Um, so... I know this is a very broad question, but what piece of advice would you give to someone who is listening to this and has been like maybe thinking about leaving what they're doing now or taking a different path and maybe a more intentional, more personally aligned path or starting something of their own that is maybe a little bit more consciously led? Um, yeah, what steps would you suggest? Mm, oh, yeah, that is broad. It's a huge um, question. <laughs> yeah, because it's so – and I'll just say like that little disclaimer of it's just so deeply personal. It and is. everyone's situation is really different. A couple of things. The first thing I would say is the um, the just kind of resigning and leaving is the really sexy thing to do, but what's <laughs> – far more common is that we build out a very intentional transition plan yeah and um some people are surprised to learn that i'm i'm probably more conservative when it comes to these kind of transitions than you might think with that said depending on if i am mentoring someone who i know is ready then i know my role in that moment is to just help them take that leap but i mine was quite um conservative my own kind of leaving to do my own thing it was a 12 month decision-making process I started recording the podcast nearly six months before I actually left the job so I had nearly a whole season of episodes and a launch plan and stuff in place some ideas around how I would consult and coach and things so mine was um you know while I think the story that most people will hear is that I left this job (laughs) actually it was yeah quite strategic I remember hearing that you'd given quite a lot of notice yeah, yeah, and that was, you know, the other thing is I 
still have a really incredible relationship with my old CEO, who's actually my um, my daughter's godfather. And we had a really honest conversation. This is what I'm always a big advocate for as a leader inside a business is these conversations oftentimes should be quite collaborative is to just share that. I think, you know, I'm ready. I think I know I'm ready. And so what could this look like in terms of um, the business's needs? So how long? And, you know, we had a discussion about it would be about six months. And when will we make it public? When will I start to tell the team? So we were really a, a team, actually. It was it's a really team. Great. Yeah. So it was a really nice kind of experience and to have your boss's um, blessing. Yeah. I think there's nothing like having that experience. So that's the first thing I wanted to say is I know oftentimes when we're really unhappy in our job, we just want to go tomorrow. We're like, oh, God, yeah. just get me out of here. But, and if it's um, really toxic, you like 100%. if you're in a date, like, unhealthy or very dangerous situation definitely leave (laughs) yeah and I think it comes down to your own kind of appetite for risk around financial stability so not everybody's in a position not to have that funding come in in the next month so this is where it all does start to get layered so that's the first thing I wanted to land is I know it's really compelling and sexy just to go but I am a big advocate for a very intentional action plan. And then the second thing I would say is really start thinking about the broader why behind Mm. why you work and the role that you want your work to play in the kind of overall shape and storyline of your life. So first think about what would a full and expressed existence look like and then where does my work fit within that versus leaving and creating an existence where your work is it and then you're trying to find those moments for like when do I meditate and when do I have my walk and we don't want that we want it around the other way yeah all of these things if we're going to work for ourselves then let's make it work for us so um even if that looks like sort of visioning and designing your ideal month I tend to work kind of month ahead is to think about like what would the shape of your day be? What would the shape of your week be? You know, for me right now, I take the last week of every month off. Oh. Yeah. And this is a decision. (laughs) Yeah. But also like what I sacrifice in that is funding. Yeah. So these are those decisions. But at this present season that I'm in professionally, um, my health this is yes. very cliche, but the health is the wealth for me right now. Oh, it you know? is. Yeah, it's everything. And knowing that the more time I can spend grounding into my consciousness and my state, the more impactful my work's going to be. I am, yes. with that said, moving into a funding season where it's I've been doing this for five years. It's time for me to, to earn some cash. <laughs> and this is really intentional as well, is that for so long it's been about community building, it's been about serving it's also mm. been about um, making contact with my own methodology, you know, that's been mm. through the service. Now that I have that down, it's a beautiful time for me to actually start thinking about uh, that financial currency because I've got a lot of other currencies going. I've got banks that are full in other places, um, but now it's going to be about the funding. So yeah. I think that the broader why behind why you work and then the last kind of thing is really feeling into the need because we all have a role in any given moment and that relates to our professional expressions as well so what is the need that you're meeting feeling yes yeah and for who and I think test the idea before you investing things like branding and web development 
really get out there and give yourself permission to start doing the thing you think you're going to do without all the bells and whistles. See if there's a market for it. Refine the service offering and then get some revenue in the door and start to use that revenue to invest in things like, you know, all the bits we love doing, which is I'm going <laughs> to set up the brand identity and do the yeah. brand strategy. And that's kind of where I come into the picture is when people are ready to sort of, they know what it is and they've kind of proven it in the market. Um, and then it's time to build a very kind of, you know, what I would identify as a, um, an aware and inclusive, a, um, a culturally relevant and spiritually intelligent brand because that's really fun work. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's my advice, but it's definitely not um, traditional. <laughs> no, I think that's that's really good advice. Honestly, um, yeah, I really love love that advice. Um, so, where can people find your podcast, or if they would uh, like to work with you in offline, um, how do they do that? So, um, depending on when you listen to this, I always like to say this is my, the nature of my service is really quite dynamic in that it does change to meet the need. So the best thing to do honestly is to sign up to my email list because that's the place where I give knowledge, where I share a bit about what I do and where I offer new kind of services. So there's a sign up page on my website, which is getoffline.co. I can link and to that. I have a professional development membership that's spiritually kind of informed professional development that's seasonal and twice a year I call for enrollments mm-hmm. for that. So the next one's coming up soon, I think in the end of July. Great. And um, yeah, and then now I'm now just building out how I'm going to be working with people one on one again now that I'm in that season of having that capacity and desire to do it. So some brand strategy, career mentoring sessions, Mm. all that good stuff. Love that. So plenty of ways to get in touch and obviously uh, your podcast. Oh, offline. Yes. And there's like, there's a lot. There's like 108 episodes episodes. of that. If you want to go go into a vortex of um, my voice for a while. I swear, like... During lockdown, I used to go on my little walks and it was, I binged all of your episodes. I love that. That's a lot. That's a lot of Alison. There was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It is, yeah. I'm monthly now, which is really good. What's your cadence? Are you? So mine has changed. So it used to be monthly. It's now for, fortnightly, but I'm evaluating at the moment what is the best uh, yes. way. So yeah, I to answer it's kind of I kind of go off how I'm feeling feeling and this is I, intuitive <laughs> I think it should be I um I always think back to in the beginning I think the first four seasons did you do was, weekly like what the hell that's so hard <laughs> I don't even know but I was very I had a lot of time to to record ahead but um I'm monthly now which I, w- I was the same weekly then fortnightly now I'm monthly and like I said to you before we press record I think we earned that permission yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if it is something like it, when you're giving yourself and like your voice and your and ideas, yeah, yeah, you cry a lot on your <laughs> podcast. I can say I've never cried, but um, oh, yeah. I'd like to. I'm, I'm in the feels. 
I'm very you are yeah which I love it's very very powerful um but yeah you you want to be feeling into that when you um produce so Mm -hmm. it's it's important um thank you so much for joining us Alison honestly feel like I could just hear you speak all day. Um, But yeah, I think there's so much value in the work that you're doing and it really is needed. And I think a lot of our listeners um, could really take something away if they are kind of in that hustle or they are, you know, working to start new businesses that are align a bit better. I think someone like you is just the perfect um, person to look to. Um, oh, I really appreciate that. I talk about that as like, um, you know, recovering from the girl boss era. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely, if you're in recovery, come to I'm me. in recovery too. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. Learning to say no. Mm. Um, but thank you so much. And I hope you have you. a really beautiful week. You too. Thank you. What an amazing chat that was. I honestly just could listen to Alison all day, uh, as I'm sure many of you could. So make sure you do uh, check her out on social media or on her podcast as well or through offline. Have you been looking for a freshen up of your style to suit the stage of life that you're in? Maybe you're looking to change up your fashion to suit the season, a new career path or motherhood. Well, there's a styling service that can take the guesswork out of it for you. Rattle Style is run by beautiful founder Liv and she can tailor the perfect style choices to suit any stage of life. She's got years of industry experience and an incredible eye for detail and trends. Go to at rattle underscore style on Instagram or her website www.rattlestyle.com to find out more about her packages and tips. Thank you for listening. If you have any comments or questions, you can contact us on Instagram at How Do You Hustle. You can also leave us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please, if you do enjoy it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as well. It means a lot. We have been in the charts in the Netherlands, Singapore, Australia and New Zealand in the past few months so we want to keep that trajectory going thank you so much to everyone that has supported us it honestly means the world we will have some other really big guests and episodes coming soon thank you so much for listening and i'll talk to you soon